A reading from Matthew 21, 28-32. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe in him. The first thing I, I think of here is this is a variation on the prodigal son. Yep. Uh, and sitting where we're sitting here, you have a, a picture on the walls as the return of the prodigal son, uh, which uh, is such a, an important uh, story, but it's the one people tend to remember, and this is a little bit more constrained uh, or more, a little bit easier to digest. And also, it, it, it dwells on something that uh, I, I think thematically, anyway, is really the the issue of uh, words and action. Mm. Uh, because oftentimes our words are noble, but our actions are ignoble. Right. Or, or the reverse of that, our actions seem to be ignoble, but in point of fact, uh, they turn out to be noble. Yeah. Sometimes what we do isn't as important as why we're doing it uh, in our lives. Now, I know sometimes you're just obedient for the sake of being obedient. I mean, it's just... A reality of life that if we don't learn that at some point we're gonna destroy our lives but if we're constantly being uh, obedient for the wrong reasons it displays something that's wrong in our hearts and uh, one of the phrases that Ingrid has coined uh, that we have thought about a lot in our lives is the whole idea of uh, reluctant surrender versus joyful submission. And um, the whole idea of opting in for God's way with the right heart and the right perspective. And so what's really great is if we can get to a point in life where, where um, both of these brothers were saying, yes, sir, and then we do it with delight. Uh, it becomes much more um, advantageous for us and our sense of peace in our journey. Also, Jesus is telling a story here. So um, we have an advantage, which literature uh, gives us, or this parable gives us, that you don't have in real life. So if you just make it your own son, uh, and you're the father or the mother, and you request them, and they say, yes, I will. But... You, if, you, if you're just a human being, you don't know that the yes is really a no, and they actually don't do it, and it's only after the fact. And it's the whole thing of limited vision uh, as opposed to human judgment. God's judgment is all-seeing and all-knowing, but our judgment is always limited, and we tend to uh, jump to a conclusion before we know the real story. So this is what's so, I think, beautiful about this, because it's very balanced. 
The one says yes but means no, the other says no but ends up doing yes. And the contrast in the end is the religious leaders have all the outward appearance of doing the right thing but their hearts are really far from God. And the tax collectors and the prostitutes, though they're struggling through lifestyle issues, have hearts that are far more glued to what God is saying in the moment. And Jesus calls us to that kind of responsiveness.